Hey, Giovanni. Yes. You want to be on top? I most certainly do. Welcome to You Want to Be on Top, a podcast dedicated to all things America's Next Top Model, where your hosts, Charlie Jensen and I, Giovanni and Naya, we live all our favorite and cringy moments from the iconic show spanning 24 cycles. We are going straight to the catwalk and walking like it's for sale and the rent is due tonight. Join us as we cry, smize, and close the gap to claim the title of America's Next Top Model. So we leave you with this. Do you want to be on top? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. We are back with our third episode of You Want to Be on Top, an America's Next Top Model retrospective podcast. We're very pleased today to welcome a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself and uh, tell our listeners a little bit about how you got into Top Model? Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is Joe Martone. Uh, I have a really fun history with Top Model. It was a show that my family and I, we actually watched together when it first came out. So this was a wonderfully nostalgic experience for me. Uh, who, do, who would you say would be your, your top, top bottle contestant of all time, if you had to choose one? So I have two. It's kind of a split. Ooh. Because I'm a homosexual, Niall DeMarco is, of course, up there. Okay, valid. Uh, I love him. <laughs> Yeah, but the other one uh, is Joanna. Oh. I love her. Love Joanna. Love, love. I just have this image of her forever entrenched in my mind of like being really close to Mercedes, the other runner up, and holding her tight. Mm-hmm. And then the second Tyra announces that it's Joanna, she just like basically pushes Mercedes <laughs> out of the way to embrace her moment. And that moment has stuck with me for some reason. So I'm just, yes, Joanna, get it. We stand a true queen. Yeah, we stand. True. Yeah, I mean, I resonate with her. She like was big and then lost the weight to be a model. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. love it. Powerful queen. All right, well, let's let's dig into the recap for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giovanni, do you want to start us off? <clears throat> sure. So we open with Elise and Adrian in the bathroom, and then Adrian is, of course, smoking and giving Elise her secondhand smoke. <laughs> Because, you know, we, they are just smoking to make the time go by. Indoors, of course. <laughs> Get that cancer, girl. Yes. yes, literally. That's what we're for. They talk about Katie going home, and Elise kind of knew that she had a feeling Katie would go home. She, like, nodded and was like, yes, Miss July was going to go home last night. So uh, Nicole has a boyfriend back home, we discover, and she's showing off photos of uh, Corey is his name. He's a famous BMX biker. Uh, And then we're treated to a montage of Nicole calling her boyfriend 25 times and him not answering. Nicole has a boyfriend? What? I would have never guessed from this episode. There is never (laughs) any indication. (laughs) Yeah, she she called, the the montage is like, hi baby, hi honey, hi pumpkin. Just like on a loop. I just, oof. Yeah. It's cringe. Say, ooh, that should be a cringe novel. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're introduced to our first ever makeover episode on America's Next Top Model. And we're introduced to Jay Manuel, her personal makeup artist, who we will love f- going on in the future. Love, cherish, value forever. Yes. Also, super excited to be here for the first ever, like, tie over because these have a history of going in every direction possible like some of them are gorgeous some of them you just look at that girl and you feel so bad for like honey yeah so for shock value half the time your tears are valid yes Uh, so tyra says i'm gonna make you fierce which was the dictionary word of 2005 apparently and uh goes over the makeover with the girls and What's interesting is that it's not so much about like the hair, but makeup is a big part of it. Like makeup is definitely the central figure of this episode. If this episode had a main character, it would be Revlon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, Tyra goes over how everyone's going to be changed. So Elise is assigned the first ever pixie cut, um, mm-hmm. which will later haunt several girls and destroy their lives. Yes. Uh, and, and Nicole is is given what her hair wants to be doing, which is to be straight. 
her <laughs> half loose perm is about to achieve its final form in this moment. Mm. <laughs> yes. Ebony gets her hair buzzed off. Spoiler alert, there was not much hair there to begin with. And right. literally every other girl in this episode gets a weave. You get a weave. You get a weave. <laughs> Weaves are amazing. They're life-changing for some of these girls. Right. And what stood out for me is Robin and Kessie, the only other two girls of color in the cast who uh, have big hair, are given lighter hair colors. They're lightened up because Tyra goes, your hair is too dark. It's too dark for the industry, which felt very what the fuck for me. <laughs> But I see her point, though. Robin's hair is extremely dark for her skin tone. And then she has the fake contacts. So it's like, what, are we share? What's going on? Uh, Fair. I'll give you that. (laughs) But we also discover shortly that Robin's hair is actually a weave. (laughs) Well, she's a pageant girl. Of course it's going to be fake. But she's acting like it's fake. She's acting like her hair is going to get dyed out. But really, it's taken out. And replace that as Seriously. Robin ends up having a breakdown about it, and Jay gives her the best advice. Models are a canvas and chameleons. Which is my favorite uh, tabletop role-playing game next to Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> We're gonna go play canvases and chameleons. We see some model tear droplets, uh, and Robin calls herself a diva, which she defines as quote, a lady. Mm-hmm. That I'm a lady too. Yeah. <laughs> We're all ladies here. <laughs> Nicole is giving us our first ever Karen energy because her hair is being straightened, which it should be because she has random streaks of straightness in her her weave that we find out is Yeah, it's very life. unlike the Rachel side of Karen. Like it still has that defined shape, but the layering. The layering makes me think she's going to lose her temper at an Auntie M's at the mall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and also notable here is that Nicole also secretly has a weave that is removed in this process. Yes. And it, uh, she reveals that she paid $1,500 to have this installed shortly before coming on the show. Right. And that was a big point of contention for her. Yeah. Hello, Rent. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Giselle cries, and Adrian says, Giselle Grand, Giselle Mud. Yeah. So much fun. Jay talks about uh, how to do a day-to-night makeup transition, and he tells them that there will be a test on this makeup course. He also notably tells them, never match your eyeshadow to your gown because they're wearing gowns. Mm-hmm. They wear so many gowns over the course of this episode. I, I can count them all on no hands. Beautiful gowns. <laughs> yeah. The couture yeah. in the closet right now, I think. Well, we go home and Ebony has probably the first iconic hair makeover meltdown at home because her hair is unevenly buzzed and we have Robin, the good Christian woman, making fun of her and like behind egging her, back. her on. Yeah, behind her <laughs> back, egging her on. And it's like, okay, well, is this the Christian thing to do? I thought you were the one talking about the demons were going to come out. Because obviously her hair was her demon. And it's so weird because at this moment when, when Ebony has a perfectly valid complaint that there are no hairstylists there who could work with her hair well, everyone else in the room is like laughing at her and it's like what the fuck and we notice that this is a big reoccurring theme going forward is that the african-americans makeovers get fucked up because you're the weavologist is not really a weavologist yeah someone lied on the craigslist application so terrible um nicole is trying to get a hold of Corey, and she calls her mom who gives her um, words. I'm not going to say they're words of wisdom, but they're words. There's talking. talking there is, there's there is conversation. There's listening. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't her mom say to give up on him? <laughs> Something along those lines, and I can't totally grudge her for that. She's like her, he said he was going to go home, but now he's not home, and Corey's nowhere to be found. It's truly, truly heartbreaking. She's dignitized, and there's nothing you can do. 
Uh, so then we get a cut of Elise and confessional talking about how Robin was complaining that Robin's makeover makes Robin look like a prostitute. And Elise says that she can't really comment on it because she's not up to date on prostitute trends, which is a pretty iconic moment as well. Yeah. We love sex positivity for sure. Yeah, 100%. And prostitutes are part of the fashion cycle. It starts at prostitute, then goes to drag queen, then supermodel, then the world. This is how Mm -hmm. fashion begins. That's the ecology. The circle of life. (laughs) Yes. circle of slides. (laughs) <laughs> the next day we we see jay surprise the girls at the penthouse brings over the makeup bags and he talks to the girls who are upset notably robin who is obviously mad that her hair has been lightened and her weave has been taken out and he just tells her if you're that upset go home and be miss soy milk <laughs> which she corrects him and says soybean <laughs> like she had to get that out there like, like Jay, if you're gonna drag me, be accurate. Like, yeah. know, know who I am. Know me. To which he does wonderfully reply, soybean, soy latte, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's also kind of a crazy moment because he's actually addressing the makeovers and saying like, if you're mad, like, you know, stop being mad. Like literally that's the best the producers could come up with. Mm-hmm. I think also they talk about, um, that $1,500 weave and how it could cost her a $300,000. So Jay lets them know they are meeting with Derek Khan and they're going to create a day look and then learn how to dress on Madison Avenue. And the challenger gets to go to the Indian consulate and network, uh, which is super fun. It's their little sex in the city moment. They get to walk around and check out all these really expensive clothes. And then we find out Robin is ridiculously rich and she buys a pair of these Giuseppe Zanotti ridiculously ostentatious boots on the spot. And they cost $795. That's just walking around money. Charlie, you did the math on this. Yes. Is that in today's money? It is $1,100 in 2020 money. Have you ever... $11,000 on boots or any kind of clothing purchase. But you know what, Robin, you know, very astutely observes that your feet hold you up. And so you have to take care of them. But I will make a note of this for working for this company. The shoes are the most uncomfortable shoes I've ever worn. So luxury doesn't always mean comfort. Sometimes things that are expensive are worse. (laughs) (laughs) Shout we, out we, to Freckle. Yeah, we love uh, we love to shout out a meme <laughs> on, yeah. this, on this audio podcast. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's real though. It's real. It's true. It's so true. I can speak from experience. Uh, so they're shopping all over Madison Avenue, jewelry, clothing. They get up into these like skirt top combos, uh, which notably Robin wears backward. Which I, I stand. I stand on background a backward look, a stand-up backward look. Ever since Dion, whoa, Celine, Celine Dion, Dion came out, and that and the tux. John yep. Galliano tux backwards, I fell in love with a backwards look. And I will give her credit, Derek Khan liked it. He does. He says yeah. that she looks great, that she's mm-hmm. working it. Um, but Joe, you thought that she looked like she was... Yes, she looked like she was going to a very couture renaissance fair. I agree. In fact, they all kind of look like that. They do. It's these terrible, loose, like, tattered tops with the long gowns at the bottom. Yeah. It's, it does feel like they're going to a New York fashion renaissance. The the skirts are very 1990s, uh, Granola Girl, Lilith Fair adjacent. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Derek says that Kizzy looks hoochified in her outfit, but if we're being honest, they all look hoochified in this moment with these clothes. Mm-hmm. But I agree, hers was all about, I mean, her titties were out in her, <laughs> in her, in her ribbed, in her ribbed tank top top. But that being said, I feel like you could wear that in 2010 and no one would have given half a shit. True. No. Yeah. We are then met up with Jay who meets him at what I'm is presuming is Barney's upstairs because nowhere would all these clothes all be housed at one location besides Barney's. 
and he is there to administer their nighttime challenge. And he has them create a look to go, a makeup look to go with the look that they're wearing in that very moment, which isn't even daytime. It's literally like spring day shopping. So I'm really confused. And then notably, Ebony does a terrible makeup job, even though she claimed earlier in the episode that she was a makeup artist, but she was like on the come up. So I understand her mistake. Shannon puts on her eyelashes on backwards. I mean, I would too. I don't even know how to do that. So props to her. She even got them glued on. Yeah, we even, we see the eyebrow, the eyelash glue dripping. Yeah. Props to her for getting them on. Mm-hmm. Giselle forgot to contour her giant face, <laughs> which Jay was like, you didn't do it right. You didn't nail it. You have to it. shape and bronze and contour. Yeah. <laughs> we want that brow bone to be very prominent. And then, let and behold, Elise wins again her second challenge in a row. And she chooses some people to go with her to the Indian consulate. She chooses Nicole and Adrian because they helped her out with her look. She opens up the last girl and asks whose mother's maiden name starts with a G. And oddly enough, it's the good Christian woman, Robin, who probably lied mm-hmm. because she kind of gives like that evil like look and it's like, I really want to go and meet these people. Like her hand was half raised before the question was even out of yeah. Elise's mouth. So she's like, whatever this is, I'm it. It's yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Who is a white woman in America? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, why the fuck not? Just get the free prize if it's being offered. Yeah. And then notably we see Nicole not wanting to go because she's not feeling so well. Quote unquote. From quote unquote, not well. Um, and she would just rather not go because if she's not feeling well, she gets sicker at the consulate. She'll make a bad impression. But she really just wanted to go back home and call Corey and get a hold of him. Yeah, wondering where he is. Uh, I'll tell you, he's he's busy in front of cameras telling them that his name is Brent and that it's his first time doing anything like this. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure Sean Cody was a thing. It was a thing back then. But also, let's just sh- shout out to the uh, like the foreshadowing in this moment of Nicole claiming to be sick when shortly someone else will actually be legitimately sick. Deathly. Maybe uh, it was something at the Indian consulate. So this is like <laughs> this is like Chekhov's illness. Like, yes. if you present an illness in Act One, it must go off in Act Three, and that will happen <laughs> in this episode. We should have known. It, maybe Nicole was in the right the whole time. Maybe there was bad food at the Indian consulate. Yeah. <laughs> the socialites they meet at the consulate are really just uh, semi-prominent fashion folks. There's P. Diddy's mom, Janice Combs, in the most over-the-top blonde wig I have seen. Um, uh, Derek Khan shows them around. Anand John is the designer, and he has these 10th dimensional sideburns. <laughs> they <laughs> occupy all his screen time. Uh there's not a lot of like interaction in being, you know, like a social light or having a conversation. He instead puts outfits on the girls and has them show off for critique. Um, Adrian says, here I am, just boobs the entire time. Which, that's a big boast on her part because they're, yeah. let's be honest, those are some chicken cutlet boobs if I ever saw them. I will give her credit. The look does emphasize them, though. Yes, so. because there is definitely, like, side boobage, like, cleavage. <laughs> yes. There's, like, definitely, like, I see folds, whereas in Elise, it's just mosquito bites. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, my God. And speaking of which, an odd sense of, of Elise, she's just real thin, and I love it. <laughs> At least the fashion industry is being honest. Yeah. Elise, she never eats. What an icon. Yeah. yeah. No food. Brilliant. Shows <laughs> Yeah. And then when Robin comes out, Constance White, the fashion journalist, is there. And she looks at Robin and she says, well, the industry for large sizes is booming. Hey, Robin, did you know that you're a bigger girl? Did you know it? Has anyone mentioned to you that you're not like the other girls? And you're in the moment right now. You're in vogue. (laughs) Jay makes a point. Oh, Jay gets bitter. Jay gets bitter boots. Mm -hmm. And really makes a point of dragging Nicole in her absence by saying, uh, do any of these people know what Nicole look like? Okay, Jay, does anyone know, does anyone know what Giselle looks like, what Shannon looks like? Uh-uh. Well, you gotta be better yeah. fake contacts. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's just, 
really dragging her uh, when she can't defend herself and saying, well, she lost this big opportunity. She made her choice. Like, let her live. Let her go. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, back at the penthouse, Nicole is in the phone booth confessional taking Corey to the woodshed for not being supportive of her. And we what? We love to see it. Yes. He barely has a fuck to give about her complaints. He is a 2000s era fuck boy to a T. For real. Yeah. Just the Limp Bizkit douchebag. We discover in a moment of honesty that he tells Nicole that he's insecure about all of the hot guys in New York, all four million of them who are probably hounding Nicole to get a piece of her action while she's actively competing in a, competing in a close competition and trapped in a penthouse with seven girls. He's also notably not tried to call her once the entire time that she's been there, despite mm-hmm. her 25 phone calls. And the only man she's seen in like the past 24 hours have been Derek Kahn, who called All gays. All oh, yeah, gays. just every single one. D- Derek Kahn and Jay, basically. Yeah. And Miss Jay in the last episode. And Miss Jay, who is, you know, is he really threatened by a man who walks around in a pencil skirt? <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't know that yet. The lone yeah. heterosexual in this show so far may have been Douglas Bizarro, the first photographer. And yes. Uh, even that's <laughs> yeah that's flimsy yeah flimsy waters <laughs> he's definitely heteroflexible yes mm-hmm. pasta straight till it gets hot <laughs> well we cut to the next day and our favorite guy john silverman shows up and is ready to make the girl sweat until they bleed um notably adrian goes like straight up rambo during this segment she's like pumping iron I don't think her form's correct, but you know what? She's lifting more weights than I can anyway, so props to her. She has the Rocky theme song in her head. Yeah. You know, there's, she, it's the montage. She's running up the stairs. She's going for the gold. She's there. She's like, her it. veins are popping out of her neck, and I'm like, ugh, too much for me. She's getting that protein. She is. She is. Mm-hmm. Getting I mean, them gains. <laughs> there's no other way she's getting protein anywhere else. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> She's also rocking some questionable Tom of Finland leather daddy camo headgear where, (laughs) but you know, she's the tomboy. So I think it's like in her style to be like edgy. She is competing for Mr. International Miss uh, Camo Leather. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Robin of course is late again because she is Mm -hmm. distracted by mirrors and putting on a full mug to go work out. Rain. And John makes her do some wall sits, which I will probably say are actually pretty intense. So, but she like half asses it and like then gets up and then he's like, go lower. And then like I could physically feel my own quads ripping as yeah. this is playing on TV. And then she starts doing her little sets and she's like just, you know, pressing on those butterfly machines, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and he tells her if, if she's happy with her set and if this was her last set, would she be proud of it? And she's like, uh, duh, I'm done. And then goes upstairs <laughs> and cries about it because she's Robin, the good Christian woman. Robin, the good Christian woman. <laughs> I said it earlier. I'll say it again. If this was modern day, she would have gotten a VH1 spinoff. If any network executives are listening to this, this is our pitch. Yes. yes. It should be Robin and Sister Patterson having their own show. <laughs> Goes around being a good Christian woman to all the poor cashiers and retail workers of LA. Uh, so then they get to the shoot and Tyra introduces it. It's a beauty shoot where she makes it very clear for the models and for the audience to understand. It's so important for a model to be beautiful. And <gasps> Shocking. Not at Right? Not every model is made for beauty shoots. And you have to really, really, it's so important to be beautiful in these intense beauty shoots. Mind blown. So Jay tells them that they need to be a character that matches their makeup, which is all kinds of wild and kind of avant-garde. Each of the girls looks really different. Giselle has been spray tanned by a Kesha glitter cannon. Mm -hmm. uh, So she looks kind of like a statue. (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, Shannon gets gold leafed like she's a literal illuminated Bible. We see Miss Robin painted in red and she ends up looking like him from the Powerpuff Girls, in my opinion. It's like 
Oh my god. She is this contoured for the gods, literally. Beat. Uh, but we discovered that they uh, their makeup is maybe designed to match their co-stars in this shoot. Oh, the co-stars are snakes. This causes Robin to cry again, and she calls out for Jesus at least 12 times while the snake <laughs> is being applied to her body. Yes. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Nicole is like off in the side being like, snakes are my worst fear. And no one acknowledges this at all. They're like, cool, we're good. No one cares. that it, You know that would have been a big source of drama in later yes. seasons. Yeah. And I relate with these girls. I'm afraid of stinks, so I would probably also be calling out for Jesus. I would be terrified. I just I just can't with snakes. Love looking at them from afar, but not like <laughs> on my body. So in college, my roommate was a closet herpetologist, like studying and raising snakes. She kept snakes in her bedroom. Wow. Hell no. Bye. Yeah. Uh, I got used to it, though. They were pretty nice. I played with snakes when I was a kid in rural Wisconsin. <laughs> so I would be fine in the shoot that's all I'm saying mm-hmm. photographers you have a snake shoot call me I'm on Instagram Ready? Yeah. get, get me there I'll accidentally step on one and be like oh my god I'm so sorry I didn't see it there <laughs> oh no I stepped on the snake I can't do the shoot <laughs> okay so I'll get um, my check though they pop yeah. by the way Aye. snakes pop if you run the motor oh god <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much today. Uh, join me for my other podcast, Ask a Rural Kid. <laughs> we are introduced to, oh, to Troy Ward, who's our photographer this episode. Uh, we notably see Adrian so excited for the shoot because she actually loves snakes and she misses her snake at home. And her makeup for that shoot is very interesting. She is just sprayed purple. And her she references the Hamburglar and says, I look like the Hamburglar, which I love for her. Because she really does. That journey. That she took. Elise is transformed into Twiggy 2.0, but better because I think she's an Amazonian and she's taller than Twiggy. Yeah. And it matches her little pixie. So it's very cute. I do want to say about Adrian for a moment. That look like the kind of like sprayed on domino mask was super popular. And I remember that being everywhere for the time period. Yeah. yeah, that was big. And yes, Elise is twiggy to a T. Tyra famously gives advice to Giselle not to tip her chin too far forward so she doesn't lose her neck, which is a valid issue because when I tip my chin too far forward, I gain <laughs> three of them. <laughs> And this is great. We get a bit of top model history right here. This is important. This is, I think, the first time she says it in the entire show. She tells Nicole to, wait for it, smile with your eyes. Ah, And life as we know it has forever been changed. Every gay boy took those words to heart. I think in that moment, Tyra Banks invented homosexuality. (laughs) <laughs> and gifted it to all of us. She invented homosexuality, gay selfies, Instagram, <laughs> all of it. Everything. A cultural reset if there ever was one. And it is worth noting that when it came to all the girls, the photographer says he would book Adrian based on this shoot. Foreshadowing. <laughs> so that night's note from Tyra says that they surprisingly will have judging panel the next day because this is what a competition. The next morning, however, Adrian wakes up almost dead. She's death warmed over. And the only reason anyone notices it is because Ebony remarks about how quiet it is in the house because Adrian is not speaking. <laughs> um, we see Adrian tell us that she has barfed into a plastic bag. Love the level of detail. As mm-hmm. she jets into the bathroom to barf again, while Nicole is brushing her teeth. We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> I've had friends throw up on top of other friends, so at least she made it to the toilet. Yeah, at least. I want the missing footage of Nicole just like going about her morning routine and seeing Adrian rushing and yakking. She's like, uh, hi. Nicole's like, this isn't America's Next Top Best Friend race. We got panel. Yeah. I'm doing hair. And another foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> just another moment of like, uh, are, are you okay? Should I do something? <laughs> I'm going to let you do this. Yeah. 
I'm not feeling so well either myself. (laughs) I'm just gonna go. Well, we see Adrian getting carried away to the hospital. um, And we overhear Tara's voice as we are, the camera pans over to the ER sign. And how she never cut a girl for being sick. It's not fair if she's not there and she'll get cut to be fair to the other girls. And so naturally, Adrian wanting the money really bad because obviously she's what poor yeah. um <laughs> decides to go to panel and is literally not present her body is there but her spirit is on planet x i i'm oh really glad that you, you brought up that point because this is definitely life-changing money for adrian and her family and it's something that gets just touched on usually from adrian herself just a couple times but um <laughs> like to understand that motivation to, to be this physically ill and to st- feel like you can't recover and you have to rush to make sure you you maintain even the opportunity to get this outcome is I think really meaningful. It's heavy and you just, you can't help but feel bad for her because she's basically swaying to the spot, trying to stay alert, trying to focus on what's going on when literally I just worry for her because she could pass out at any moment and a producer would say, did we zoom in on that? Yeah. <laughs> did we get that? Adrian, can you do that again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the famous words of Lisa Renna, she's close to death. Yes. Uh, if only she had one of Lisa Renna's cardigans to keep her <laughs> So Jay introduces the panel challenge, which is to replicate a Tyra look that is beauty, but also like wrecked and ugly and extreme. It's all about the makeup. Uh, they show the image, which is really gorgeous, to which Jay, to which Tyra says, Jay and I were just playing around with the camera. But can I mention <laughs> though, that this, that look is such an icon, that photo is engraved into my mind because it literally looks like John Galliano for Dior, who we hear later on Jay say is a very close friend of his. So <laughs> this is the era of just, extreme makeup and I am here for it. Like Tyra looks snatched. She looks like Natalie Portman in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, also, uh, didn't John Galliano get canceled later? <laughs> okay, <laughs> he did, he did. Look, we're, we're, not, we're not gonna go there right now. I love right. John, but we're not gonna go there. Okay. All right, good. We don't wanna get canceled too. <laughs> I just got on this podcast. <laughs> So then uh, Bo, the editor of Marie Claire, asks Adrian, hey girl, are you okay? (laughs) And she says that she thinks she has food poisoning, which P.S. is not a joke. Um, But, you know, kind of problematically, Janice tells Adrian that Adrian definitely has what it takes to be a model because she showed up in that condition. Yeah. You have what it takes because you're almost close to death and you're here for critique. Yes. You want this as much as you want to be alive. That's amazing. Um, So as they go through the judging for the panel challenge, a lot of the looks are called conservative. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shannon notably looks like the Snyder of Twisted Sister with um, possibly the world's worst blowout. It's fine. (laughs) Kizzy gets uh, a a look that we described as freshly fucked hair. And we're here to say that we also stand sex positivity. So there's no shame in that look. Nicole admits that she didn't really go for it like how the other girls did, although she does have extremely high and razor thin drag eyebrows on her face. She oh has a very dear. drag persona. She looks drag. like she she looks like Sasha Valor with hair. Yeah. <laughs> I can see extremely it. that. Shannon looks great with her leafy gold highlights. I see, we're gonna get into this in a little bit, but I love them. I love the gold. She looks like Farrah Fawcett posing with the snake. Uh, Robin, okay, I love the note. Robin looks beautiful <laughs> with several question marks. The judges seem to love it, but the image I got because her hair's blown so fucking crazy out of proportions, she looks like the spitting dinosaur from Jurassic Park. Literally, literally yes, that. Also, oh, very, also, she looks like Derek Hunt in makeup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's very Kennedy Davenport. Yes. 
this intense yellow on the red just blown out to her face. Robin gets a talking to about being a diva. Like Tyra gets into it, says, you know, there's a wrong way to be a diva. And oh my God, Janice is in the background, like chiding her with her finger, like making that finger swiping motion. It's so ridiculous. Janice is doing anything for screen time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Giselle gets read for being pretty, but says that she doesn't see it. Uh, Jay's like, believe in yourself, dummy. You have beauty on the outside. And that is the only time I've heard that as a major positive in like advice. I mean, it's very Devil Wears Prada. That's what this industry is all about. Inner (laughs) beauty. It's just like, you need to show us your outer beauty more. You know what's on your insides? Intestines. Yeah. This is also where I, I stopped liking Giselle because she was just like, oh, I'm not that pretty. And I'm like, I just hate girls who are just like fishing for compliments. I'm like, you're already serving yeah. fish. What more fish do you want? Mm-hmm. Also, you're on America's Next Top Model. You have no right to complain about not being pretty. And she was specially selected. Yeah, exactly. So well. Take a seat. Get your shit together. Uh, okay, and this is something that frustrated me. Ebony is dragged for having uh, skin that needed a lot of retouching, and they say her texture is wrong? Like, how, what, what can you do about that? Like, I mean, she can use product. I mean, I agree with, I agree with the judges. Yeah. If you're a model, you have to, ha- there can be nothing wrong with you. And Tyra always says this to the African-American girls, they have to work twice as hard to get half of what the white girls get because they are already at this of being black. I'm, I agree with that, but Tyra doesn't really help in the sense of like, your texture's weird. And it's like, even without the product, like what, what can you do? Like, I was almost expecting her to say, why did you not go out and get skin grafts for this competition to change your, your body the way we needed you to do? It's or, or like a, a precedent setting three-day operation where they're doing a skin transplant and giving her an entirely new, you know, external organ. I think in later Seriously. seasons, when, when, when they feel like girls are at a disadvantage for something that they came into the competition with, they'll actually like send them to get, to get that fixed. So later mm-hmm. on, a girl with bad skin goes to see a dermatologist. You know, Joni very notably gets her tooth fixed, what she lovingly right. calls her snaggle tooth. Yeah. Oh, worse, yeah. not mine. Um, but I, of course, with this budget where Jay, Jay is in the background running the Apple laptop that is advancing the photos <laughs> on the screen, there's not the budget for uh, a They're treatment. not quite there yet. That is true. Elise has a great shot. Um, uh, she, you know, she gives the twiggy. She gives the amazing. Um, but Jay drags her for the makeup challenge saying, you know, you won the makeup challenge earlier, but you came out here for this one and it doesn't look right. And she argues back, well, yeah, but I highlighted my cleavage, <laughs> which Tyra loves. And she's like, yes, voluptuous. What no one listening to this podcast could see is that Joe just opened his shirt to show us his cleavage. Was, <laughs> that was an iconic moment. Very good. Thank you. Very good. I had the cleavage ready, <laughs> ready to go at all times. Uh, Tyra supports this and, oh, notably, Elise feels much sexier in this photo shoot than she did with the bikini more with the snake. And Tyra adds, that's because it's your sexuality. It's your brand of sexy. Oh, and Cassie is not much to mention. (laughs) Like apparently she has a snake on her shoulders and she's given them nooch facially. Yeah. She's like, I'm just here. Here's my snake. Just some days you have a snake, you know? What can you do? I wasn't calling out for Jesus, but this is as best as I could do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then they send the girls out and, uh, you know, we're just going to, step over this little part of the episode because the judging was stupid while everyone is out of the room. They have nothing interesting to say, but it does seem like they pretty much know who like the outcome of of the judging already. So it's a a mere formality. Basically, yeah. There's nothing new or nuanced to say that we don't already get from the earlier segments. Well, the girls are brought back into a panel. Um, Shockingly, very shockingly, Shannon gets called first. Then it's Kessie, who I also shockingly shocking. shocking. Elise is called third, which um, shocking. I'm confused <laughs> as well. Just the shock. Then it's Giselle, also shocking because she's over here talking. She's not pretty enough, and it's, I'm just this panel is just all upside down. Adrian, mm. who is 
deathly ill on the verge of dying has the best photo and gave it her all on this challenge it's called fifth before right after right before robin i i, I just can't i wanted her to be called first so she could just like leave the fucking room and go take yes. a yeah. sleep off the food poisoning questionable behavior from the judges these are the times where i'm just like i don't get it and we notably see tyra talking about i love your commitment to being here but you have to know when not to push your body. Well, you just told me if I wasn't gonna come, I was gonna go home. What do you want me to do? You gave me yeah. no other option. So this is where I really start to really question Tyra. And I'm like, what is it that you want from these girls? Because you want them to be there. And then, you know, she's sick and it's like uh, all types of- I feel like Tyra has to say that because of liability reasons. Just like, hey, I know we really forced you and pressured you to leave the hospital to be here. But girl, you need to take care of yourself. Alexa, play Gaslighter by the Chicks. <laughs> <laughs> then we get uh, we get Robin, who's like literally like uh, me. You're calling me because she knew that she should have been in the bottom. But we have Miss mm-hmm. Ebony and Nicole in the bottom too. Um, Nicole is just getting the feedback of having dead eyes, and this is something that we hear every episode for the next 24 cycles that the show is airing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not um, play the Dead Eyes drinking game. No. <laughs> you will die. And of course, Ebony, it, Ebony's Achilles heel is her skin. And that's why she's <laughs> in the bottom too, I guess. Um, uh, because her, her skin is harsh and retouching is very expensive that they tell her, that is what they tell her multiple times throughout this segment is that it is too expensive to retouch bad skin. But Miss Ebony is saved. Our bald, our bald queen is saved. And Nicole BMX <laughs> is sent home. Uh, Nicole, BMX. The queen of BMX. Yeah. And, and she, you know, she's not too bummed about it. She's like, you know what? This is cool. I'm just going to mm. go home and hang out with my boyfriend. She knew what she wanted and mm-hmm. she, she took it. Choices. Well, let's talk a little bit about our take on the photos. I'll see you in court. Joe, who who do you think had the best photo this week and who would you have called? So Adrian would have been the first call for me, not just for health reasons. <laughs> uh, not just, hey, you did great, go home, Medicaid. Um, but Adrian's was genuinely gorgeous. That domino mask effect uh, with the purple, her comfort with the snake. She had the beautiful eye contact with the camera. She looks stunning. Uh, she was my favorite. If I had to give a runner up, for me, it would be Shannon because I know those gold uh, leaf flakes gave her an edge, but I love the way she was angled. She kind of looked like Farrah Fawcett to me. That's the vibe I got. Like it was a classic 70s Farrah Fawcett shoot with a snake. Who doesn't love that? For all the right reasons, obviously, she excelled at the photo shoot. The photographer would have booked her. So I'm like, why weren't you given first photo? Um, all the other girls were like, okay, subpar. Um, looking back, I can kind of agree with Joe and say that Shannon also had a really good photo because young me like loved Shannon mm-hmm. so much. But now older me is like, I don't know. Your, your neck looks really thick. The steak is covering half of your face up. The gold leaf is really overpowering you. So I'm like, was it really that great to be called first? No. Probably not first photo, but her eye still catches the camera very well. Not like really is striking and sticks yeah. with me. Yeah. I think it's a, it's also an improvement for her as well, which sometimes they take into consideration. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I thought Elise had the best photo. You know, it was very simple. I, feel, I thought it was very direct. I thought it was also very artful. I thought it was good for a beauty shot. There wasn't a lot of the embellishment that we saw in the other photos. Um, although I do like Shannon's photo, I'm kind of a Shannon stan, mostly in the closet about it. Yes. Um, because I think Shannon, who we also affectionately call Leatherface on this podcast, after one of the judges say, she does look in this photo a little hard to me, like a future Real Housewife in the making. Um, but, but I agree that there's something really captivating about, about the photo. All the elements are working together in a way that's effective. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple nominations for the uh, contribution to pop culture from this episode. Uh, 
let's let's hear about him. Uh, number one for me is Jay Jay Manuel's existence. Uh, it's the first time he's allowed out from behind the Apple laptop at the panel, bless. And he is revolutionary for this decade for being a visibly out gay man, uh, wearing makeup, being knowledgeable about makeup, completely owning it, being proud of it, being the expert in the room. It's really inspiring uh, for a lot of young boys, especially you know me when I was watching this, it was very rare to see a gay man like him portrayed in a positive light and never as the butt of the joke, but mm -hmm. as literally one of the smartest people in the room. Like him and Miss J up there for me. There's also uh, the, the seminal advice that Tyra gives to smile with your eyes, which we, we, we is not quite the contribution of pop culture we know it will be, but is sort of like um, a, a pit stop on the way to what we know will become an iconic uh, a branding moment for Tyra, I would say even. Uh, yeah, so those are two good contributions, I'd say. We're grateful yeah. for these. Thank you, Tyra. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Tyra. Thank you, Jay. Blessed be then. <laughs> so uh, on the flip side of this topic, we also have our Cringe of the Week nominees. Ew, gross. And unfortunately, this episode has cringe aplenty. Notably, Ebony dealing with her hair being messed up. And I 100% agree that she has all the right to be upset. M moving forward, we see that a lot of the times the African-American girls who get makeovers on this show are fucked up because there's never someone who knows how to do a black girl's hair, but it's shocking though because a lot of the girls, the the weaveologist or the hairstylist are black. So I'm like, where is the disconnect of you not knowing how to work with someone who has the same hair texture as you? And we, and then obviously Robin making fun of her for it, and it's just like, this is just really bad. This did not age well at all. Yeah, yeah. It's in very poor taste when she has a very legitimate issue and complaint, and everyone's treating her like she's overreacting. It's fucked. We have Adrian being forced to go to panel while she's still on the verge of death. And it's just like, why? Why do I have to be here? I'm literally dying and I have a good photo. So that should speak enough. Right. She should have been allowed to go rest it off and just be okay. Like, just rest up, girl. Yeah. Like, you can be sick, but you can come shit your pants at the panel and then show us you're sick. <laughs> Real model. <laughs> what, the, what the actual fuck? For me, one thing that stood out was uh, when they're at the jewelry store and Derek Khan, after they've tried on all this jewelry, he suggests that they frisk all of the girls to make sure no one's stealing anything. And this kind of stands out to me because this is an episode where Adrian's mentioned coming from, you know, poverty line uh, family where they just don't have the means. And so she's remarked in this jewelry store that she is wearing jewelry that is worth more money than her family has ever had and so it just seems a little bit like privileged and tasteless to to make this joke in in that context mm -hmm. yeah and also nicole choosing her insecure boyfriend over staying in the competition we are proud of her for calling out his fuckboy bullshit thank god but yeah like why would you choose this guy who does not give you the time of day after 25 phone calls when you have the chance to be an international supermodel yeah uh, it's a real bummer it really is it's, it's a bad moment for feminism we do try to choose a cringe so what do we think is the king cringe in this episode mm. adrian for me adrian being forced to go to panel i will say uh ebony dealing with the hair bullshit so i'm the tiebreaker huh wow yes. okay uh I think I'm gonna come out on the side of Ebony's hair uh, only because I think like there's so much casual racism happening in that entire exchange that is unacknowledged uh, both by the show and, and also like weirdly reinforced by Robin in that moment. Uh, so it's a real bummer. Yeah. Not to downplay Adrian's ailment, but damn. No, yeah. totally valid. I, I think, I also feel like this clip was also shown because they were trying to, they, you know, always villainize a character. And I think mm -hmm. this particular moment in history, Ebony is the first black bitch that we see cast on a show because she is yeah. so distraught over her hair being messed up. 
it's really shitty for the show to put her in that light. Well, let's talk a little bit about happen, what happened to Nicole. Like, where is she now? In three, two, one. Breaking news. We know from our internet sleuthing that Nicole went on to marry that fuckboy and make him a fuck daddy to her team. We love an upgrade. Knocked it down. Uh, she did model a little and auditioned unsuccessfully to be on Deal or No Deal with Katie, who was just eliminated before her. Katie, or as we know her, briefcase number 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just like, call each other like, hey, we're both not on the show anymore. Let's go be famous in our, in our own rights. <laughs> mm-hmm. NBC is calling us. She also owns a mobile tanning business in her hometown of Marietta and in the Temecula greater area so (laughs) she's an entrepreneur which is obviously what Tyra always instills in these girls because there's always Mm -hmm. more to more than just being a model it's you got to be able to make your own money so and she she was bringing tanning realness to this entire stint Mm -hmm. oh yes she's a real businesswoman she gets the businesswoman special (laughs) (laughs) uh and she gets it twice because she also works in real estate so she is a professional woman and about 40 to 60% of her Instagram is compensating for her husband's very low self-esteem. Bless her. She loves him. Look, if you have him, flaunt him. He is obviously a very shitty man from what we see, but he is also a very beautiful, beautiful man. He's only fans for $5.99 a month. Yeah. He could also not support me and I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great point. Like, he is an attractive man and has nothing to worry about, uh, and yet. And really, that's a problem with our culture. It's not just him. Let's not all hang it on him. True. But also, don't be a fuckboy. Like, a little bit Janice yeah. Dickinson. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our journey. Uh, and, and as we famously say on this podcast, it is time for you to pack your bags and go. I thought I had so much more to bring to the competition, but that's okay. I'll still be a model and walk the runway someday. Since it's still early in the season, we can't hug you goodbye, Joe, because Tyra doesn't hug anyone until much later. So we're just going to stand here while you cry. And you may hug everyone else. (laughs) But then you got to go. That's okay. Then I'll have my sad moment of pulling my briefcases out and walking into the (laughs) limo. It's a taxi at this time. I think there's no... There's no budget for limos. Oh, they don't have the limo budget. Oh, terrible. And that's a and that's it's a wrap on Joe. <laughs> As my photo fades from the <laughs> and the iconic music. Thank plays. you guys so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much. This was super fun. It was a nice trip down memory lane. I kind of want to go watch the rest of the season by myself now. <laughs> we support that. Um, Get cultured. So, thank you so much for being our very first guest and uh, helping us build the plane while we fly the plane. Uh, it was exciting, and you. uh, your patience was much appreciated throughout this this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, how can people find you if they want to stalk you or learn more about you? If they want to see more about, uh, you know, my life, the acting career, the writing, everything, uh, they can follow me at LoveyJoM. That is L-A-V-I-E-J-O-M. And yes, it is a musical theater pun because I'm what? A homosexual. <laughs> and we love you for it. <laughs> and if you. you're, love if you you're interested too. in following me, please stay at least five feet behind me. My Twitter is at Charles underscore Jensen. J-E-N-S-E-N, and my Instagram is Charles Jensen, no underscore, just to make it confusing. Um, If you want to follow me, please stand five feet ahead of me, and you can follow me on Instagram Mm -hmm. at underscore, according to Joe, where I talk about it all. Because if it's not according to Joe, it's not according to anyone. As a Joe, I can (laughs) It's true. Giovanni explains it all. Yeah. All right, for real this time, thank you so much and take it easy. Thank you. Bye. Bye, boys.